Hello and welcome to this Retina UK webinar. Retina UK are holding a series of webinars on different topics um, and we'll be delivering at least one every month. I'm really pleased to introduce to you this evening Claire Puderuth, uh, Retina UK's volunteer coordinator, uh, who will be leading a panel discussion with some of our amazing volunteers. Um, so this evening we have with us Julia, Lucy and James, and they'll be exploring different ways that you can support Retina UK what we can do to support you as well. So there will be an opportunity for you to ask your questions at the end of the discussion today, and we will be collecting your, uh, your questions as you think of them. Um, so any questions you do have, please type them in the Q&A section at the bottom of your screens, and we will then ask these questions on your behalf um, at the end of the discussion. So whilst um, we will endeavour to answer as many questions as we possibly can, if we're not able to get your questions this evening, we will follow up on them over the next couple of weeks. So thank you again for joining us, and I'm really pleased to introduce to you Claire. Hello, good evening. Thank you, Matt. Um, I hope everyone's well. Um, so thank you for joining um, us this evening to find out some more about volunteering with Retina UK. Um, my name's Claire, I'm the volunteer coordinator at Retina UK, and I recruit and train and coordinate our information and support volunteer team, our office volunteers, and our one-off volunteers that we have that come and help out at our events. I also endeavour to raise the profile of volunteering, um, our volunteering activity, um, internally and externally, as well as ensuring our volunteers feel valued and have the, a positive volunteering experience with us. Um, so let me start with what is volunteering. Um, volunteering is simply when someone spends unpaid time doing something to benefit others. So it can be informal, um, giving unpaid help to an individual such as getting a neighbor's shopping, um, or it can be more formal um, type of volunteering, which is giving unpaid help through clubs or organizations such as Retina UK. The proportion of people who have said that they've been involved in volunteering at least once a month in 2020 to 2021 was 41%, which was the highest level since 2014 and 15. So there are many recognized positive reasons to volunteer. Um, volunteering can provide a healthy boost to self-confidence, self-esteem and life satisfaction. And if doing good for others and the community also provides a natural sense of accomplishment. And being a volunteer can also give a sense of pride and identity. Volunteering has recently been included as an activity in part of the social prescribing strategy um, that's currently being used by the NHS for helping patients to improve their health, their well-being, and social welfare. So it is recognized um, as being a benefit to individuals. Volunteering can also be an advantage to include on your CV when you're applying for jobs. Um, it can give you experience of something new that you've never been able to do before. And it can also give you an opportunity to use your skills to benefit others. And of course, it can help you meet new friends. So volunteering itself is very much about a choice for an individual. And um, you can choose who to volunteer for, what role to volunteer in, how much time you want to give, um, and when you want to stop volunteering. Um, it's designed to be very flexible for you. At Retina UK, we're very lucky that many of our volunteers have been with us for a long time and their knowledge and experience and skills are invaluable to us. And it's extremely important to us to recognize exactly what volunteering brings to our organization. So in fact, the organization was started by volunteers in 1975 as the British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society. The charity's growth and productivity for the first 30 years of its existence was solely down to the commitment and involvement of volunteers. And they really revolutionized the inherited sight loss community that we're involved with today. And it's why our volunteer team continues to be at the core of our existence. So what do our current Retina UK volunteers do? Our volunteer roles include um, our Retina UK ambassadors, our medical advisory board, our trustee board, our office volunteers, 
and of course our information and support volunteer team. The information and support volunteer team enable us to provide our services. So our helplines, our talk and support service, the local groups network, and the assisted journey for our Discover Wellbeing service. We would never be able to offer these services without volunteers. They don't provide medical diagnosis or counselling, but they do have um, very good perceptive skills, commitment and reliability, and empathy, a respect for confidentiality, friendliness, and an understanding of our organisation. They also have basic knowledge of various topics that they may receive calls or have queries about. And they also are very confident to discuss these topics or signposts to either the office team or external organisations if relevant. All of our volunteers that we have come from different backgrounds and they vary in age, occupations, skills, and the majority also have an inherited sight loss condition or have a family member that has a diagnosis. Each volunteer brings so much knowledge and lived experience to their role that they can then share that with our community. My priority is to make sure that our volunteers are appreciated and feel valued in the role that they are doing for Retina UK and to ensure that they have the information and training that they need to enjoy fulfilling that role. I hope this helps you understand the immense value that we have of our volunteer team. All the volunteer roles are integral and at the core of ensuring that our community and our charity can continue to grow and be a substantial contributor in the visual impairment community. So let's hear from a few of our volunteers that have kindly joined us this evening to talk about their experiences with volunteering with Retina UK. Um, Julia, Lucy and James, if you wouldn't mind unmuting and popping your cameras on, that would be great. Good evening and welcome. Hi, Claire. Hi, hello, everyone. hello. Hi, Claire. Hi, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us this evening. Um, so as I said, we're just going to have a, a, some words from, from each of you um, just to talk through volunteering with Retina UK. Um, so Julia, Julia's volunteered with us for many years and has a regular telephone helpline slot and also volunteers with the email helpline team. And Julia, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you came to volunteer with us, please? Okay, yeah. Um, I discovered I had something wrong with my eyes when I was about eight. Um, I didn't really know what it was for quite a few years. Um, I think I was just going for six monthly checkups um, and I think I thought I was dodging having to wear national house specs all the time because they kept saying to me, are you, are you coping okay at school? And I'd say yes and carry on faking it all the way through school. When I was about 16 or 17, I then went to the optician and said, okay, give me the biggest specs you possibly can because I want to learn to drive. Um, and the optician just turned around and said, I'm really sorry. Um, but you're never going to be able to drive. You might be a better driver than lots of people on the road, he said, but you're never going to be able to drive. So I was absolutely devastated because I think that's something that, you know, teenage girls want to be able to do. Um, I then sort of carried on with my life until I was in my sort of late 20s, maybe 30, um, when I finally decided I was going to go to Moorfields Eye Hospital um, and find out exactly what was wrong with my eyes. And they'd always, already always called it juvenile macular degeneration as a child, um, but I, I didn't really know what that was and there wasn't the internet to find out what it was either. So um, I, I was never really told I was going to go blind or anything or um, what the problem was until I went to Moorfields and I saw Professor Bird there and he told me exactly what it was. He said, uh, we think it's probably Stargardt's macular dystrophy. Um, and I had um, a blood test taken um, and they matched me to the ABCA4 gene for, for Stargardt's, um, which is um, sort of linked into the retinitis pigmentosa family where your central vision goes first, but your peripheral vision stays intact. So my peripheral vision is absolutely perfect. Um, but my central vision is down to sort of possibly nothing by now. Um, so 
on that visit to Moorfields, I saw a lovely lady called Barbara Norton, who was the sort of social worker at the hospital. And she directed me towards BRPS, British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society. Um, and I then began my sort of journey with the charity. So this was probably around 1990. Um, and I started going to AGMs, um, mess up with a few trustees who lived in this area and started doing some local fundraising, um, sort of, you know, shaking cans in the high street, that sort of things at supermarkets. Um, then my daughter, then, then one of the trustees asked for um, somebody to become a volunteer as um, Retina International Youth Representative. And I naively thought in my 40s that I, I could do that job, put my hands up, said, yeah, that's fine. I was told, no, sorry, you're too old, um, but your daughter can do it. <laughs> so, so my daughter, Chloe, who was at uni at the time, she volunteered to be the youth representative for um, the, um, the BRPS. Um, and from then I gradually got involved more with the helpline and I joined the helpline um, and started to um, work on the telephone helpline and then the email helpline. Um, I also did a lot of fundraising um, with the um, charity on treks. So we did lots of amazing treks. I've walked hundreds of miles for, um, for the charity. Um, and met, you know, some really lovely people whilst doing that. So that's, and I've been probably volunteering in some sort of form for about, what was that, about 30 years now, um, but on the helpline for about 15 or 16 years, I think. Wonderful. Yeah, you must have really seen the changes from all the branches through to where we are today. So lots yeah. of changes, but yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Um, Lucy. Lucy has um, previously volunteered with us on the telephone helpline and following a break from volunteering with us, she now volunteers as a local group facilitator. So Lucy, would you let us know a bit about you and both your experiences of volunteering both times with us? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so I had quite a different journey. Um, I started going to the hospital in my 30s when I realised there was something wrong with my eyes. Um, but I, it wasn't until my 40s that I was actually given the diagnosis of retinitis pigmentosa. Um, and thankfully, that consultant was quite good. And he, he wrote it down and he said, be careful where you look on the Internet, because we did have the Internet by then. Um, and pointed me to Moorfields Eye Hospital for information and obviously referred me there at that point um, as well. Um, and I I can't remember exactly why, but I phoned, I, I obviously had got upset up there's something or something and, and phoned the helpline. Um, and they they were just so fabulous. You know, they, what I found with other uh, people and other eye charities is they don't necessarily understand about RP. Um, we tend to be a younger generation, even at my age, I'm considered young in the blind world. So, um, yeah, and, and the people on the helpline really understood uh, the things I was feeling. They're going, yeah, yeah, like, you know, you, you know, whereas I thought I was the only one feeling like that, which seems silly now. Um, so, um, yeah, I really wanted to volunteer uh, for, it was um, RP Fighting Blindness at the time specifically because I wanted to do that I wanted to um, make a difference to someone else because I understood or had some understanding of the sort of thing they were going through of, of, of the, the I understood what they were saying um, so I ended up doing the um, email helpline oh, um, yeah which was um, really good it suited me better um, it meant that I could be sent the the email and I could think about it for a while before I answered it which which suited me better um, and there is actually someone who started volunteering after I answered a query of theirs and they were so impressed that they ended up volunteering and still volunteer now um, so that's you know really great um, I took a break because I had a bit of a what I call a blip um, and I sort of uh, I had to uh, come away from anything that I didn't really have to do for a little while um, I had a lot going on and um, but genuinely uh, Retina UK was like the last one I kind of gave up um, 
because you guys are just so supportive uh, when when we're doing uh, and you were supportive when as supportive when I stopped as when I was volunteering, you know. So that was really nice. So when I felt able to volunteer again, um, yeah, I um, I wanted to. I, I offered my help to help run the Kent group. And of course I am now the Kent facilitator. Um, and it's really good to be, uh, you know, giving local people with the condition a more local um, experience, you know, being able to talk to other people who are local and can say, oh, did you know you can do this? Or did you know they do this in this place? Um, yeah, so it's it's really interesting getting these local groups started up. I think it's a really good thing to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Get the the face to face meetings back going again. But I mean, yes. the great as well. But yeah, definitely um, the way to go. It's it's really interesting and really important to say that yeah, because of, I think at the moment everybody that's in the information and support volunteer team have one of our conditions, and it's so important when people contact us whether it's face to face or on the telephone or even by email to be able to have that oh okay you know exactly well not exactly but you do have that much higher level of understanding than yeah. perhaps other organizations that they've contacted and it's it's really important for us to keep that and to have Absolutely. that time. thank you lucy and james james is one of our newer post covid volunteers um, you facilitate the, the local group and James would you share your story and, and what led you to volunteer with us? Hi everyone, uh, good evening, it's great, great to be here uh, and, and just explain a bit about the uh, role of a volunteer. Um, just a bit about my, my own personal journey, uh, I was very aware of retinitis pigmentosa at a young age because my mum had it so she was, she was diagnosed with that and we, it, we had a range of experiences as kids and going into early adulthood, uh, I experienced night blindness. And I thought, oh, I've got this condition as well. Um, and of course, night blindness is one of the, uh, the initial symptoms of retinitis pigmentosa. My siblings didn't have it. Um, but anyway, as the years went on, you know, things were changing. And I went to an ophthalmologist who uh, confirmed the diagnosis. Uh, about a few months later, I got the genetic diagnosis. So the whole picture uh, was uh, emerging and, and all of this happened maybe five or six uh, years ago. Um, so I had a, an unusual experience at a train station coming home one night. Uh, it was in the COVID era, era and I saw this lady with a cane. So I don't use a cane, but I saw a lady passing me with a cane and I thought, and it was in my local area and I thought, I want to go over and say hello, but I bottled it. I never had the courage to say hi. I've got retinitis pigmentosa, you've got an, a, a, an eye issue too. Then it just struck me, it's just, there's people in the local area that I'd like to speak to. And, you know, how could you actually speak to them without creeping them out at a station? So I did look up on meetup.com and there was nothing in my area. Oh. And I was already uh, a, a contributor to Retina UK and I thought, I'll just email the helpline. So I emailed and said, hey, is there any local groups? You know, is there any way in which people in my local area can get meet up. And I got a very nice response, which said that actually they were hoping to roll out nationally uh, a volunteering organization for people to facilitate in the local area. So of course I volunteered and I'm the facilitator for the peer support in, in my area. And what that entails is uh, it's a meetup uh, once a month uh, online uh, for one hour. And I've done it for just over the past year, I've really enjoyed it. And twice uh, I've met up with a group uh, in person, we've, we've had lunch. But I, I take a lot of, of um, benefit from this, this experience because when, of course, retinitis pigmentosa and all these associated eye conditions are very rare. And I've met individuals in my peer support group who have never met another individual with the same eye condition. Mm -hmm. And there are issues about daily life, for example, not being able to find the keys in the house, and when they can meet up with other people online and discuss these issues, and we all share the same experience, it's actually quite powerful. And it just assures people that they're, they're, they're not alone. So I think that's really, really useful. In addition to that, um, there are local resources, if you look for them, but not everyone is aware. 
Um, one example recently is uh, someone said that she likes to read. And someone else in the, the, the support group said, ah, there is actually a reading club for the blind locally. So they've made connections and that person's now joined the, the reading club. And that, that's, that's quite uh, useful. Also, again, sharing resources is, you know, there, there are benefits for people that have got sight loss. Uh, for example, you know, discounts at the cinema, local authority bus pass, many things. And lots of people are not aware of it. But when you get all these people together, and again, we share these experiences, it's really, really powerful. The other thing that I'm, I'm very happy with is Retina, Retina UK has provided a lot of support. So not only is there online training, uh, there's, there's great support if you ever need it, but we also meet up once a year, all the volunteers in Milton Keynes, where we have a training day. And again, we all as volunteers talk about our experiences and just what we can do for the greater good for the people in our communities. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Oh, thank you, James. Yeah, I think there's um, just two two comments to, to follow up on there is that, yes, the so the local sharing of information is, is just, well, it's invaluable, isn't it? And to have a facilitator able to do that, because it can just be a, a, a slight comment in a passing conversation. And actually, you can share that with people locally to that area. It's, it's really invaluable because that's how you, you learn things and that's how you find out about a lot of things. You can search on the internet. You can go to our website and there's a plethora of information on our website, but the nitty gritty of the, yeah, the cinema card, things like that, the blue badge things, you know, you can't hold all that information on one place. And then it is by talking to other people that you get that information. Absolutely. Um, and yes, our, our training. So um, we do at, at Retina UK, we like I've said, we value our volunteers immensely and we do um, hopefully um, engage with them well and, and constantly, I've been um, told once or twice, um, but we give updates of what's happening. Um, if there's a piece of news that's going to be coming out and we share that with the volunteers so they feel um, educated and trained well enough to be able to pass on any information that, that they can to the, to the community. Um, in their role um, and yes and we have the face-to-face -face training event which is so important for our volunteers because they are nationwide we can't just say let's meet up for a cup of tea because we're all over the countries so we're all over the UK so um, to have a, a, a day where we can get together um, and speak about your role speak about what's going on in your lives and things like that making that connection is really important too and I think that's why we're luckily we have such a strong volunteer team. Um, absolutely. Um, so I just wanted to ask each of you, you've all got busy lives. So how do you fit volunteering in? How does it fit in with your life? Does anyone want to go first? Shall oh. I? Should I? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on, James. No, you go first, Julia. Okay. Um, I'm a full-time teacher. Um, so... I go, I work on the email helpline because I can answer the emails in the evening. I'm also a volunteer on one of the evenings on the helpline, on the telephone helpline, um, because that fits in with my working week. I, you know, if I get very, very busy at work, I know I can contact the coordinator and just say, look, can you give me a couple of weeks off? Um, and that's, that's done willingly. Um, you know, we are volunteers. We do need to be um, dependable, but we we can come off if we need to. If we if we have like uh, Katie said a blip or something, and um, we can we can come off and have a break from it, and then and be welcomed back in when we need when we can. Absolutely, absolutely, because it works both ways. We each party is getting something from this relationship and. And it's, it's really important to be able to have that flexibility and also for the volunteer team to feel that you can approach um, myself or one of the other members of the office team and, and explain their situation and, and know that that's OK. Um, definitely. Um, James? So I also work full time, uh, but to help me be organised, uh, when I meet my group, it's always on the same day of the month, which is the first Tuesday of the month and at 7pm. Um, and I think that makes it much easier to be organised. Um, I always look forward to the meeting. I, I try and be as organised as possible. And the weeks leading up to the meeting, I'll, I'll, I'll look through newspapers. I'll try and get websites together. 
try and get as much information to create discussion points with the group. And there's always a really lively discussion and it's it's comes across as very positive. So it's good. Great. And Lucy? Yeah, um, I was uh, going to say the same that um, that um, you can do as much or as little as you're able to, depending on your circumstances. And if your circumstances change, then, you know, we know we can phone you guys and it won't be like, oh, no, you know, that, that you'll be very supportive and be like, yep, yeah, that's fine if, if you can't. I, I recently had cataract operations, so I wasn't quite as available as, as I'd like to have been. Um, and that just wasn't an issue. Um, I also think um, you, we get some, certainly my case, I'm sure it's the others as well, we get something out of it. So um, although it takes time, I think we also benefit from it as well. We benefit, especially as a local facilitator, you benefit from the conversations. You mm -hmm. find things out, you know. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you're absolutely right. By just by speaking with other people, you you gain something, don't you? It's um, whether it's a different perspective of, of trying to be in somebody else's shoes or a piece of useful information that you think, why did I not know that before? <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And so overall, and you've all touched on it already, really. But what would you say that your experience of volunteering with Retina UK has has been like? Has it been the smooth journey what's the training involved in it is it a lot of training um really if someone is thinking about oh I'm, I'm you know yeah I'm, I'm thinking about this what do you what would you like to tell them about being being involved with this means and what they need to put into it shall I go first yeah um yeah the initial training uh was really good I went to um a training uh day I was actually on the same day as another lady, Bavini. Um, so I was on the same day as her, which, um, and we both still are involved. So that's really good. Um, and, uh, but I, I wouldn't say there's, there's a good amount of training. I've done other things where you're kind of thrown in at the deep end straight away and you don't really get an awful lot of training. There's good training, but it's not too much. It's not too time consuming. Um, and a lot of it is done in, uh, you know, nice settings. So like you're having training uh, at, at the weekend when we all get together, there's a lot of training there as well as socialising. So um, mm. it's it's not, the training is good. It's always really well organised, but it's not too much. That's good to hear. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Julie or James, have you got anything to add? For me, the the... Julia, again, you no, go first. You go first. You go first this time. <laughs> um, for me, the, 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 the training was, I mean, super easy. Uh, I was sent a series of links. Uh, there was there was things that I had to, to watch and documents I had to read, but it was just no more than a few hours. The great thing about the volunteering is there's lots of volunteers and you can reach out to any one of them at any moment and, and Claire and all the team at Retina UK. So there's a lot of support there. And another great thing about the volunteering is, you know, not only meeting people in your local area, but again, it's the other volunteers and the staff at Retina UK. It's it's a great way to make new friends. It's really nice. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Julie? Yeah, that, that for me, I was trying to think of the benefits of um, volunteering for the charity. And there are, you know, so many that you mentioned at the beginning. Um, for me, I have a lot of pride in i'm very proud of the work that the charity does um and i'm really pleased that i'm involved with such a prestigious charity um i i think overwhelmingly though the thing that i get out of it as a, on a you know a totally selfish point of view is i've met some of the most wonderful people over the years I've got friends from on the helpline and friends from the people that I fundraise with on the treks who I still see every year. Um, we get together, we go on walks. So for me, the social aspect has been absolutely awesome. Really, really, it's a really, really important part. And the training, the, the training weekends in Milton Keynes that we've we've had 
they are really, really hard work. We, they work us really hard. Um, we have to listen and, you know, take part in discussions for the day or the two days that we're there. But the good thing is the evenings are really fun filled. <laughs> Lots of time at the bar. Yeah. Um, and um, we have a really, really good time. Sometimes music evening, quizzes, all those sorts of things. It's, it's really special. Um, so it's definitely worth joining. Oh, that seems a very good balance, I think. <laughs> yeah, there is the, um, just to go over, there is, there is ongoing training that we, that we do with the team, um, especially the information and support team, which is um, a lot of where my concentration is because you're so important to us. <laughs> you provide our services. You're you're essential. Um, so there is a, like ongoing training, and I, I'll do like a weekly update of little things that might have come up or popped up. Um, but I would I would hope my aim is that it's always something that can be done at your own leisure, or you know you don't have to read it on the day that I send it. There's nothing. There's no quiz at the end of it. It just really is for information and I'm guessing some for the local group facilitators, some ideas of what you can discuss at your meetings mm -hmm. if there's something that's come up um, in particular. So it's very much a, a two way street with the training. You know, we will ask if, if we're missing something, if there's something that people would like us to do. Um, and yes, getting together, the face to face get together. It's really important to have that social um, aspect to it. Um, because you know that if you're on a, a call or if you've got something that comes up at a group meeting and you think, I don't know how to respond to this or I don't know how to answer this, you know that you can reach out um, to other members in the team and you'll get the answers back. You'll get, you'll get people coming back with some ideas or some support or, or something like that. Um, it's very supportive. And I think that's, that's really important to, for anyone thinking about coming to volunteering is to know that although you might be remotely in your role, there is this huge team around you to, to be there. You just need to reach out um, and check with them. Um, so is there anything that you would say to anyone who's thinking about volunteering? Is there anything that you think they should know or be aware of or just give it a go or? <laughs> If somebody comes from the back of this and, and brings up the helpline or speaks to you at your local group and says, so, so what, what should I do? What should I do about the volunteering? Is there anything you'd say to them to be aware of or? I would say if you're the kind of person that likes to meet people and talk through you know, things in your life and, and what have you, then it's for you. Um, it's not a lot of work and um, the benefits are huge you know, on a, on a personal level. I'd say go for it. That's good to hear. Definitely go for it. Brilliant. Lucy? Yeah, I think think about um, transferable skills. You know, um, what, what, what sort of things are you passionate about? What sort of thing do you enjoy? Is there something you're particularly good at? Um, and um, yeah, help, let that help decide um, how you... Um, volunteer what sort of volunteering you do um and to not be um scared to give it a go yeah okay so with with your experience of of volunteering with us is there anything personally that you get out of the volunteering that you didn't think perhaps you would do or that's been a surprise to you is there anything that that su surprises you in your role still that you've come across um me personally um I, I can have issues with confidence um so um yeah I found it's it's really been helpful in in yeah building my confidence helping me realize uh what things I can do and what things I'm good at um and then use that um to to do other things there's other things I've done um that if I hadn't have volunteered for Retina UK first, I don't think I would have been sort of brave enough to go on and do um, these other things. Yeah. Okay, so so really, yeah, the confidence to to do some things. Um, James or Julia? Um, for me, I think something that I found 
um, quite surprising was the feedback. Um, I've had some really lovely feedback from mainly from the email helpline because as, as Lucy said, you can you have to give a more considered response. You have to sit there and research the, the question. Um, you've got the time to do that. Um, and I've, I know I've given quite a lot, many, many hours over the years, um, you know, probably hundreds of emails. Um, and I've had some really amazing responses from, yeah. I don't know, parents of young children, those sorts of things, um, mm. uh, which has been really lovely. And I didn't expect to get that. Oh, that is lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And think about the feedback of, of the things as well. Mm. James? I think for me, the, the, the biggest thing was, uh, I mean, I said at the start that this is a rare eye condition, uh, but when you meet these other people in your community, you realise that you're not alone. And mm. I think they get the same feeling too. And uh, it's, I think it's quite a comforting feeling, actually. That was a surprise for me. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you think that um, volunteering in, in the role that, that you're in, do you think that's been part of your own journey as well? Has it assisted you in your own journey? I would definitely say that because the, the small things in life, you know, that you, you'll you tell other people about it, they just, they don't get it. You know, mm -hmm. you couldn't expect them to get it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but when you meet up with these other individuals and you talk about things and you can all laugh together and everybody gets it in the group more or less, you know, and it's, again, it's it's quite a powerful thing. So that, that was a surprise to me and it's co quite comforting, not just for me, but for others. Yeah. Yeah. Julia or Lucy, do you have anything to add? Um, I think what James said there about the laugh, the, you know, being able to laugh about things, that's hugely important. Um, I've got so many different stories to tell of things that have happened either to myself or to other people um, who have got eye conditions. Um, and everybody just really understands um, the situations. So that's that's really really good to be able to share those um similarities and not feel like you're the only person mm, yeah lucy i think for me because uh when i uh sort of started the journey i still had a fair bit of vision i think it was really good seeing other people uh with less vision um both younger and older um and that they were still able to laugh about it and that they still had a useful life and those kinds of things. So, yeah, meeting up with other people with a similar condition that, you know, are able to get on with life is um, was really helpful to me in in the beginning uh, when I started volunteering. Um, and yeah, that's the thing that I want to, um, why I'm a facilitator, because I want to um, help other people in a similar way. Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing that, yeah, maybe people are, are coming along or contacting you in your roles that maybe haven't had any experience with anyone else, with, a, with even in the family, with a, yeah. with a sight loss condition um, and the impact that it has. So actually that yeah that journey going through it together mm. yeah I hadn't thought about that either <laughs> um see I'm I'm learning every day is a learning day for me as well thank you <laughs> <laughs> um has there been any challenges or what's been your own challenge um with volunteering any personal challenges I think for me it's it's I don't think I was quite expecting this, but when you meet all these people with all these different eye conditions, just every person is completely different, very different experiences. There are some commonalities, and but the fact that there's so many differences, it's it's not so much a challenge, it's just a little bit of a surprise. But, and you know, you, you always have to accommodate all these different people. Yeah, I suppose that even though you said that it's very rare, actually within this rare umbrella, there's even rarer, conditions coming from it isn't there and, and exactly. yeah I suppose it's not assuming that everyone that you're going to be in contact with is going to have the same symptoms and progress progression as and you needs and needs yeah mm. Mm. 
Absolutely. Julie, what um, Something specific um, I had to sort of work out, I suppose, when I was doing the emails is that um, obviously every email needs to be answered. Um, and some of the emails, um, how do I put it? Um, I suppose uh, they, they were, um, there was emails from outside the UK and they were asking questions that, that aren't relevant to us. They're the sort of questions they should have been asking, I don't know, the government or whatever. Um, and, um, but obviously it's really important to answer every single email. So I do remember getting those and thinking, oh, you know, I, I don't know. I suppose I wanted to be really helping someone with something instead of saying, um, I'm really sorry, we can't help you with this, but you may find this useful or, and, and explain we are um, only from the, we only deal with the UK, so we can't help you with this, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, every email deserves an answer. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're answering that one, someone else is able to answer another one that may be from someone who, who's um, really upset over something or whatever. So I did have to sort of say to myself, no, every email deserves an answer and every email um, is important. Um, so, yeah, that, that was something I found difficult and I had to kind of, you know, have a talk to myself about. <laughs> Julia, have you got anything to add? Um, I didn't, but actually that's just reminded me of something. <laughs> I think I get quite a lot of those emails actually as well. So I think for me, the, the one challenge I have is having to tell people that there currently isn't a treatment available, um, mm -hmm. but that they, you know, that clinicians and scientists are optimistic that there will be one in the future. And if you look at our website, there's, you know, all this stuff going on at the moment. So that's quite a hard thing to have to tell people um, um, that, you know, currently, apart from one, there isn't a treatment available. Yeah. And I guess actually in, in some conversations, that can be really difficult because there is this emotional side to everything. Yeah. You know, some people can be contacting you, whatever role you're in, and they've just received a diagnosis, for example, and you want that, yeah. you want that, you want to know that there's something there yeah. that's going to be able to to stop this or or yeah. help this or change this um so actually i don't know if you've got any experiences of anything that's been really really emotional because that must be part of the the role as well i think for me the the most emotional ones are the ones where parents get in contact um because their children or their young children have been diagnosed recently mm. um and that becomes really hard and i, I tend to get those um, because um, to, to answer, because as a teacher, I also have worked with people with visual impairment as well as, you know, students um, in my classes. So um, because I've come through it as well, well, mm -hmm. so is everybody else, um, and I'm still working, um, I can be positive about um, the future. I think one of my colleagues on the helpline, Simon, um, mentioned that if he, if he had been told when he was first diagnosed that it was gonna take so many years, you know, to, for his sight to deteriorate, he would have been much happier at that diagnosis. Mm. Um, so that's something to bear in mind. Um, we have got that experience. We can say, look, I had that diagnosis, you know, goodness knows how many years ago, but this is what I've still managed to achieve. And that's something that I, I always try to tell people, we you know, tailor our responses to the people and, and what they're asking for. Um, and if somebody sends a very, very emotional um, email, I tend to respond in quite an emotional way as well. Um, and, a, a, you know, with quite a long email. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's also a difference between maybe the telephone helpline, you know, different roles you, you you have a different experience because obviously in, in the group, but not necessarily because in the groups you might have um, an encounter and that person might not necessarily then feel comfortable to come back or to talk about that or discuss that again. So there, there is a lot of emotional um, side to the volunteering as well. I think the support that the emotional support that you need to be giving. Have you got anything to add Lucy and James on that or do, would you think that? No, no, spot on really. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I can remember um, uh, doing emails and and I, I remember one where um, they wanted um, advice about going for treatment and it was, you know, one of the sort of treatments that, that's been um, in the news recently and, you know, having to be very careful how I worded that, you know, I wanted to say, you know, I wanted to scream, no, do not waste your money, but, you know, you can't do that, you've got to come up with a, uh, a better way of saying that and I found that uh, I remember finding that quite hard to write mm. Um, mm. and as you say if you keep having to say no there's no there's no treatment um, treatment yet no there's no cure yet um, that can have an effect on you um, but that's you know that's another good thing about Retina UK that you know you've got things in place that if we uh, do get upset over something or get emotional ourselves there's somewhere to go you know so that's really good as well absolutely James did you want to add anything uh, there was nothing really I was going to add other than just I agree with what Julia and Lucy have said you know it's the, mm. yeah they've said it as it is yeah 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 I should also cover that um so the volunteer well-being is obviously um very key to us as well and we do provide I mean obviously the office team is there Monday to Friday we have um buddy group meetings online we have zoom meetings online so that we can stay in touch with each other and there is also we have an external organization um, that can provide um, well-being checks um, supervision checks I'm not sure whatever you prefer to call it but you can contact them at, at any time if something either if something happens or you just want to check in completely separate to retina UK we don't even know what's discussed um, and there is that support there for you because I think from what I've, I've gauged this evening from speaking with you and, and, and hearing from you is that it's really, it's an enjoyable thing to do, volunteer for Retina UK. It can be quite emotional. There's the support there. Um, it, it's something that I think because it's so close to, to you and to the other volunteers, it does have more of an impact maybe than volunteering at, I'm going to pick something really random here than volunteering to paint some fencing at a local nursery for example because you've got that attachment as well so it is quite special volunteering with us I think mm. um but I hope that we've got everything in place that gives that a really good balance um and and provides everything for you as the volunteers as well as um for you guys providing the, the services that we have um, I'm just going to ask the final question is, in one line, what would you say to somebody who's thinking of volunteering? Yeah. Or in one line, what would the impact of volunteering be? Just give me one line. Oh, have I come to you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really rubbish at this. I, I would put it in two words, and that's just don't hesitate, which is a very simple answer. <laughs> Yeah. But you know, go off and meet people. Don't hesitate. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. My initial thought was just we'll do it. So <laughs> yeah, I'll get past that. Oh no, that's good too. That's really good. Yeah. Both really positive and very strong. Do yeah. it. Go for it. Yeah, and and don't forget that you're going to get stuff back in return. You're you're going to meet lots of amazing people who are going to change your lives probably. Yeah. Oh, it's a win-win. Brilliant. It's a win-win. I like that too. <laughs> oh, lovely. Thank you. Is there anything that anyone would like to add? Anything that I haven't covered or that you think would be important to pass on or to say or talk about? I don't think so. I think it's been quite a comprehensive discussion. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you all. I'm going to invite yeah, Matt's coming back now as well. So thank you all very much. I hope everyone... Um, watching and listening, um, managed to get some information from that. And if you are thinking about volunteering, then get in touch just for a chat. Um, I can give you all the information that you need, um, whether you're interested in a particular role or just in general. But yeah, yeah get in touch with me or, or with the office on 01280 821334 or at volunteering at and we'll have a chat about it and take it from there. Fantastic. Thank you, Claire. And huge thanks to Julia, Lucy and uh, James for joining this evening.
And also just like to extend a huge thanks to all of the other volunteers who do so much fantastic work um, for Retin UK. We simply wouldn't be able to do what we do without people like you. So a huge, huge thank you. Uh, and thank you, of course, to all of you who have joined us tonight to find out about volunteering and what Retin UK can offer to you as well. So as mentioned at the beginning of this evening, um, Retin UK will be delivering at least one webinar every month. The next of which is on Thursday, the 18th of May, where we will be joined by uh, an internationally acclaimed hairstylist, uh, Anna Cafone. Um, she'll be talking all things hair care and styling for people with visual impairment and sight loss. Uh, so details on how you can join that session um, and how you can ask any, any questions of, of, of Anna will be found on our website. Um, and it will also be in a follow-up email, which I'll send, to, send out following today. So this email um, will probably be sent out um, over the next couple of days and it will detail how you can rewatch or listen to this evening's presentation um, and details on how you can book onto our other events. Just to let you know, if you haven't heard already, we have got upcoming our annual conferences. Um, so they are on the 23rd and 24th of June, uh, being held in London, as well as being held online. So details of that will be in um, this follow-up email. Um, and again, details can be found on our website. But if you are interested in volunteering, as Claire said, please do make contact with us um, in the office. Um, you can do so via email, as Claire said, which is volunteering at retinuk.org.uk, or you can telephone 01280-821-334 and ask for Claire, and she'll be more than happy to talk through things with you. So thank you once again uh, for joining us this evening, and thanks again to our fantastic volunteers, and we bid you all a good evening. Thank you very much. <laughs>